All right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. Today is May the 12th, 2016, and my name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week, and I'll be joined by Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. How are you doing today, Mark? I do, thanks. Yeah, good. Everything's fine and dandy. It's been busy the last few days, so, uh, yeah, just, it feels nice. It feels nice to be back in, back in the pool business. Back in the saddle again, huh? Well, that's cool. Um, speaking of, you know what? Um, well, I'll save questions for your Legends and Champions Tour uh, for just a minute. Let's get some headlines out of the way first. Um, okay. You know what's coming up uh, in another week or so here is the Make It Happen. Um, Pat Fleming's, or I should say AccuStats, Make It Happen match is going on. Uh, ah, well, two weeks, I'm sorry. It's June the 2nd that kicks off out at Sandcastle Billiards in Edison. And they have a great lineup chosen for this this year's competition. It's going to be Efren Reyes, the defending champion. Um, did I say this is one pocket? Yeah. Tony Chohan, Alex Pagalan, Shane Van Boning, Danny Smith, and Jeremy Jones. That is going to be uh, yeah. big. I mean, that's a hell of a lineup right there going to be some good quality one pocket so if you guys want to check into that go to acustats.com and uh you know get ready for the sign up for the pay-per-view uh you know and then this what actually is a week from now is uh chuck markless hold on on one second i just want to uh say something i don't know if uh Somebody had said that Scott Frost wasn't, you know, in that lineup with the one pocket. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I don't know if if that happened on purpose, if if, it, if he wasn't invited. Um, but I do know. I mean, I don't think I'm giving any real secret away here. But um, he's opening his own pool room. They're building it from basically from scratch. Here in the the Phoenix area, I think it's actually going to be in Tempe. Yeah, and um, apparently it's going to be uh, a, r- a really nice place. And the last couple of times I spoke to him, he's just been this is crazy. You know, dealing with contractors and dealing with licenses and this and that, and the other thing. Yeah. So I think that he's you know they're trying to get that done. So I'm not sure if that's the reason why he's not on that list. But uh, definitely, would have thought he might be on that list. Well, you oh, would, yeah, you yeah. would you would have thought so. Uh, I know that part of them were voted in, and then part of them were selected. You know, so at least there was that gamut that he had to run. I saw that on Facebook he said something about it, um, and I'm not sure either whether it was what you said if he was busy or if they didn't invite him or what or what actually happened. But he said that if on Facebook that if he did not end up being in that competition, which it doesn't look like he is. That he is still going to take on uh, Efren, actually down there. They have a match set up between Scott Frost and Efren. So right, I think that's in July. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the Casino del Sol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just, obviously Efren. He, 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 people can you can say that's his prime. Some people say that, um, but yeah, he's he's still a monster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tony Chohan. I don't really know Tony Chohan very well. I don't. 
effect. I don't really know him at all. Um, but, you know, everybody seems to regard him very highly. Mm-hmm. Alex, obviously, uh, a great player. Yeah. Shane, yeah. obviously, a great player. Danny Smith. I know Danny Smith, uh, kind of. You know, don't really know him that well. But a lot of, he's got... Um, a lot of uh, supporters, obviously, you're voting in my supporters mm-hmm. of his. Yeah. Uh, so he must be able to play a little bit. Uh, which I know he can play. I, I say it like that. I don't mean it to, to sound like condescending. Uh, but they must feel, the, the fans must feel that he's of the ability to put up a fight against, I mean, look at these names. Yeah, know? yeah. Then Jer- <laughs> Jer- Jeremy Jones. Love Jeremy Jones, man. He's, he's, he's a... Uh, a super, super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. So. Yes, and he's a killer on the table too. He's nothing. I mean, I, I realize that he's not, you know, stacked with world titles or anything, but uh, he's like Chohan, something that uh, I would, or even Efren, I would still be very nervous <laughs> playing against him at any game. Well, he's a U.S. Open champion, first of all, and he's, you know, he has done his. Oh, yeah. share of, uh, oh, yeah. of, of winning titles. But, you know, there's this, um, I, I, I don't know, like you said, one pocket, it's almost like it's an underground uh, game where people are, are just, people you maybe wouldn't expect to excel or you don't hear much about them because it's all done in the pool room, yeah. you know, playing the one pocket and people gambling and, and that kind of thing on it. Mm. So, um, yeah. you know, that's one of those that obviously stands out is the one pocket mm. guy. Uh, sure. But Heck yeah, man. Anyway, yeah. sorry, go ahead. What's, what's going on in the week? Well, you know, there's uh, the Chuck Markless is going on out there in uh, at Hard Times in Sacramento. And Sacramento. Uh, that's going to be jiving with that, that whole West Coast swing uh, that's going on. So if you're out on the West Coast, you're definitely going to want to look into both of those are going to be some good pool. And uh, did well, you hear like, what? That West Coast, that West Coast swing is like five uh, or more different events. Um, yeah. Our friend Daniel Bush, there, a POV pool, I believe he's, uh, I'm not exactly sure what his part is. I know he's going to be streaming it. Um, he's going to be streaming them. But uh, I don't know about the U.S. Open. I'm probably not doing the U.S. Open eight ball and ten ball. Uh, but the, like, maybe all the other ones. Uh, some flyers out there. Uh, on if you go to povcool.com, yes, you can you can definitely find all the information you want, and they're all going to be kind of linked together, mm-hmm. leading to that uh, eight ball and ten ball. Yes, 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 yes. A lot of stuff going on out there. They got a, a big, big, big uh, tournament following, or I should say, what is that tour following for that event? So if you're out there, get get in while you can. Um, I was going to also mention that uh, that four pocket match that just went on with uh, Earl and Darren. <laughs> that that was that just finished up this this past weekend. Uh, the historic event of a four-pocket table being brought out of the uh, out of the cave of mankind's history, and uh, they played on a modern diamond table, played ten ball. What was it? A race to thirty? Is that right? 
Uh, I want to no, say it was no, it was it was races. I, I believe it was. Oh my goodness! You shouldn't ask me difficult questions. No, I know no. it was the best. The best of ten. Best of ten sets. And I'm not sure how what each set was going to. It might have been going to nine. So um, it was a race to nine. Yeah, uh, sorry. I'm, I, a race to nine. Yeah. Each set, and then the best of uh, ten sets. So you had to win six. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 Earl got his butt handed to him on a silver platter. Is that right? <laughs> boy, I, 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 you know the thing is, I. Look, Darren's arguably the best player in the world right now. You know, there's a couple of names we can throw out that, obviously. Um, but, you know, all around between the straight pool, the one pocket, the ten ball, the Chinese eight ball, uh, nine ball, you know, uh, he's arguably one of the, the best player. Uh, and that was, I, I don't know if that was uh, structured that way with, Earl and the people, the promoters of that event, to have uh, Earl play Darren, because there are much easier games out there to play. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like me saying, you know, hey, I want to fight. I feel like fighting with somebody, and I can pick you or Bruce Lee. You know, <laughs> and, and then I went. I'm, I'm probably going to go with you every time. I'm not saying, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm, not, I'm just saying you That's won't beat choice. my ass as bad as Bruce Lee, okay? <laughs> yes. You just won't beat it as bad. Uh-uh. Uh, and that's kind of, and maybe Earl was trying to prove a point, saying, look, hey, look, you've got this guy here, arguably the best or one of the best players in the world, and I'm going to play him and show show you what this game is all about, that this four pocket, I can really dominate it's not as easy as you might think it is yada yada whatever his reasoning and he kind of it's it's one of those careful what you wish for moments (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) give me a a table with four pockets I want a table with four pockets on it if you just give me a table with four pockets I'll turn everybody into cab drivers and and then you know he kind of turned around and bit him you know yeah yeah no, it looks like it would have been a fun game to try. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing on one, you know, to be honest with you. But uh, I think he just surprised himself, you know, as the case may be. Speaking of surprises, you know, uh, Corey Duell is back in the, making another attempt at uh, at the snooker circuit. So he's going back against the Q School thing. What do you think about them apples? I think it's already started, doesn't it? So Yeah. He's already played. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing I saw is uh, he'd, uh, he, I can't remember if he got through his first or second round match and won. So so that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what to say. I know it's just like his third try, maybe, or fourth try, uh, uh, getting on the pro uh, snooker tour, which is a, a very... Uh, uh, it's, it's turned into a very uh, fast-paced, aggressive tour. When I say that, I'm not saying that, that how long it takes to play your matches, but you're on you're in one town one day, or for, for for three days, let's say, playing a tournament, 
and you win. And the next day, you've got to be in another town to start the next one. Right. And if you don't go, I think there's a fine or a suspension of some kind. Sure. So you have to go on a fast-paced trip to get from one event to the next. Right, right. In some cases. Right. Um, But the money is also uh, a hell of a lot better than it is in pool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, but you got work for it I mean I'm not just talking about you got to have the talent be able to make balls and, and be able to win yes but yes. You, you've got to work for it by you know you just there, there was a thing that happened I can't remember who it was it might have been Judd Trump that one to one I saw I saw something on the internet and he just won this great championship and he turned to Barry Hearn, who's you know runs snooker now, and he said, "Do I really have to be in Sonso, whatever place tomorrow, to play in that other one?" He said, "Yep, you do." <laughs> and so, yeah, if you just won, I don't know, fifty thousand, your, your tendency might be to say, "Hey, I'm going to take a couple of days off after this, and uh, maybe have a couple of drinks tonight." But there's no time for it. So, yeah. you know, uh, you've got to, you've got to get out there. You're going to have to work for it. So hopefully call it prepared for, for that side of it. It's not as lax as it is here in uh, with pool in America. But mm-hmm. the money's there if you can make it. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Well, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he gets, if he gets anywhere with it. So He's, you know, he's, Tony's, uh, he's obviously he's got a lot of talent, and he's playing snooker to a point he's been able to beat two people who are, at this point, uh, that were in Q school. Uh, and I don't think there's any, you know, there's people who've got more talent than others, but I don't think anybody is a banger by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. So, you know, he's got, he's got, he's got this, but I hope he, I hope he does well. I really do. I hope yeah. he does well. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see what else is going on. Well, you know, we got this kind of a, uh, an early warning. Um, it's a little over a month away, about, you know, a month and two weeks, I suppose. Uh, the, not just the Junior Nationals are coming up, but also the Atlantic Challenge Cup is coming up. So if you guys are anywhere remotely near the city of Chicago, uh, you should make plans now to come out and, and watch this event because it's going to be fantastic. We've got a team of uh, European juniors going against a team of American juniors. It's a Moscone Cup style competition. And um, this is the second year that it's happened. Last year was the first one, and they held it in Austria. This year they brought it to uh, a place just outside of Chicago here. <clears throat> it's going to be a great, great, great time. So um, what they've done uh, for the team, for the USA team, they've got 10 pre- preliminary uh, selected uh, kids selected. And then I want to say in another week or so here, they're going to announce the final uh, six so um, we'll find out, obviously, then what the final team is and, and get let you talk to some more of them. But for today, actually... I, I, think, I think they have to... I thought they were going to pick them already. 
Now they have picked what they call the preliminary 10 have been selected. And then they're going to narrow oh. that. Yeah, they'll be narrowing that down uh, to the final ones um, here. I, I want to say it's another week or so. I think it might be right at the beginning of uh, June it is. So, uh, okay. so keep your ears peeled for that because we'll, we'll certainly let you know what the final team is. But uh, like I say, for today, we're going to be talking with uh, last year's Atlantic Challenge Cup MVP, uh, Miss April Larson, uh, she's one of the 10 selected uh, again this year. And another one of the 10 is Mr. Chris Robinson from out on the West Coast. We'll be giving a, a him a shout here in a little bit too. So we'll talk to them about uh, some of their hopes and aspirations. And a little bit later also in the show, we'll be talking to Allison Fisher and Mr. Jerry Tarantola out in New York City on the opposite coast. And uh, Jerry's going to tell us a little bit about a, um, a video series that he's working on. And uh, they're also going to talk a little bit about Barry Berman and, uh, you know, the kind of memories that they had of him uh, in the pool industry. So Jerry Tarantola, is, uh, he's a talented guy. I've, uh, yeah. you know, you, you see him around and he's always got like, a, 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 he's probably going to hate me, but he's always got a silly little hat on of some kind <laughs> and uh, always got that camera running though you know always got the camera running and I saw him and you know he's like a little hand camera and I, I, I'm thinking I kept seeing him going you know how good can this, any of this be um, and there was a line of people that were going it was a Super uh, super Bleed Expo I think one year and a line of people uh, going around this hallway to get in and he was just holding it and then walking down the you know, uh, the down line. the line yeah. with the camera pointing, uh, going to right to the end of the line. And, and again, I thought, how big can this be? But the way he did it, when you saw that the video clip that he put together, that part was like speeded up and it had music behind it and things like that. Very mm. creative. And, you know, I know that uh, he stopped uh, doing things with uh, NYC Grind. Sure. But... Sure. Uh, I ho- hope there's, uh, there's some reason he can get back into doing things because yes. uh, he, he, he did the thing. Uh, listen, I, and, and he, he, I, I kick myself because he offered to sell it to me, and now we don't want to sell it. And I don't know if he's even still got it. <laughs> it was um, a montage of Earl Strickland, uh-huh. and it was and the music. He got the timing down so good. And it was all Earl's matches when he did the first jump shot when he stands up on the table holding a trophy. And the music was um, uh, When I Ruled the World. Who sings that? That's, um, uh, uh, it'll come to me. But anyway, it, 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 just the, the way the music went, the way the video all captured together, it was fabulous. And I'd asked him to do it. And and he, and he did it, and then he was worried about the Coldplay. That's what it is. He was worried because we were using the Coldplay music if it went viral about getting into trouble for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but, it, yeah, he said, that's all I'm going to say about Gary. I hope, I hope whatever <laughs> he's doing is going to be good. You know, he, he, I'm, sure he, I'm sure it will be. Whatever he's up to isn't going to be yes. crappy. Yeah, no, whatever he does, whatever Jerry works on will be good. So, uh Stick around, and uh, you'll get to hear his explanation uh, of the project a little bit later on in the show. Um, so before I forget, Mr. Mark, <laughs> because I didn't forget you, 
what's going on uh, with the Legends and Champions Tour? How are your uh, all your your, your uh, designated stops working out for you? Uh, it's, it's going it's going good. I, I didn't uh, think that we would be uh, necessarily uh, talking about, it, but I appreciate the opportunity. Um, it, it's, it's going it's going kind of you know I've been doing this for ten years and you can always get a kind of a good feeling and part way through I always get worried that oh we're not going to fill up clinics we're not going to have many people at the exhibitions in certain areas, you know? Yeah. And I always worry, and then so for whatever reason, everything kind of turns around uh, at the last minute. Um, to Alabama, is, uh, you know, we're going to be there at six pockets. Uh, it, it, that's looking good. They're doing a good job there. You can, uh, you can find out all their information on their Facebook page or their website uh, about what they're you know, if they're doing an admission charge and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think the clinic's coming along there. Uh, we filled up already one clinic in Little Rock, Arkansas. We're looking at doing another one. Uh, just, just because there was a waiting list. There's a waiting list. Let's see if we can fit another one in. Um, we Tracy there at the High Pockets in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um Everything looks like it's going fairly good there. You know, I, I'm sure there's, there's spots in the clinic. Uh, Teachers Billiards, St. Peter's, Missouri, Phoenix to St. Louis. Um, that's, that's looking good. Um, still spots left in the clinic there. Uh, Springfield, Illinois, haven't even started advertising yet. Starship Billiards. Uh, great people, great food. Um, their information should be going out uh, in the next day or so. Um, we'll see what else we got. Pyramid in Chicago. Chicago RJ from uh, AZ Billions is basically what he's done. He's, he, he kind of bought the exhibition there and uh, just for the good of the community. He didn't have to do it. He, he just said, hey, listen, I, I want something good to happen. I want it to happen here. I'll pay for it as long as I can, you know, try and make some money back with a gate and things like that. Um, so, you know, slots are slowly filling up with the clinic there. Uh, he's uh, he's doing he's doing a, a great job, uh, and he, he's really doing it for the people in the Chicago area. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's not looking to try and make money. He's just trying to recoup a little bit. I think. Um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're they're filled. Uh, and we've got a waiting list for the clinics. So if we get enough, we will do a second one. Or we'll look at trying to do a second one. And uh, the same thing with basic to Michigan. Uh, oh, I, should, I should probably uh, mention uh, Pyramid Club in Chicago and uh, Sands East. I think there's a Sands East and a Sands West. Sands East is where we'll be doing the show. Uh, and the and the clinic in uh, Grand Rapids, and who's who billions in Bay City, Michigan are already filled up. Uh, he's desperate to try, and the owner there is desperate to try and get another clinic going. So if you're in that area, um, uh, you know they, they do have a waiting list. But if we get enough people on the waiting list, what we'll do is we'll we'll look at adding another clinic to to it. Uh, so that people, you know, uh, get a chance. 
But he, he, we've got like out of the twelve people, seven of them are from Canada. Yeah, and then I, you know, he's, he's he wants another clinic to go because he said my locals here, they can I don't know, they're dragging their feet a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of interest, but they're just not signing up right away. So, so I'd, I'd sign up if I were you if you wanted to do it. We'll, we'll do another clinic, but then that one is full right now with uh, basically it's full of Canadians. Which yeah, we yeah. we love Canada. We love <laughs> Canada. So the bottom line is, there are some spots still open at, at most of, at most of the locations still. Um, probably uh, yeah, basically half of them. Yeah, half, okay. half the half of them have still got. Uh, we're uh, what, about a month out before it happens, which is a good sign. People, you know, uh, I I do it myself. I don't want to catch you guys pool players. But, you know, we all have a tendency of waiting till the last minute. And yeah. Is it, well, you know, should I do it, should I not, kind of thing. And and that's what I said about the Grand Rapids is that he said, my, my locals, they're always the same. They do it with tournaments, they do it with everything. Meanwhile, the clinic's filled up. If they miss this chance, I'm not going to, you know, it, it's because they can... Uh, you know, yeah, move yeah, on. With it That's enough. right. So, yeah. So, uh, and, and that's probably going to be the same in a lot of the places. Like I said, I I, I go through this every time, uh, thinking, oh, is it going to, you know, you know how things going? And you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm a month away, and half the half the clinics are sold out. And if the clinics are sold out, means the exhibition is going to be good. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 and you know the exhibition. This is going to be fun. This is going to be different uh, than we've done before. They've always been fun and, and light-hearted trick shots and, and that kind of thing. But you want to you want to see Darren Appleton and Johnny Archer outside of that box that you put me when you see him playing in the U.S. Open, playing in any tournament on the, uh, the live stream or TV or Stony Cup. They've got that look on their face. You gotta see this. They are funny, and they do not have a problem getting anybody around them involved in the in the fun. So <laughs> uh, you'll definitely see a different side of two of the greatest players. That obviously Darren's gonna go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, if, if not this time, next time. So he's uh, yeah. gonna be it's gonna be fun. Cool. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, good, good stuff, man. I'm excited for you. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to get uh, your butts up here to Chicago because uh, I'm sure we're gonna raise a little bit of raise a little bit of hell over at the Pyramid Club there. You guys won't want to. Well, we're gonna try and see if we can get yeah. dinner out. You. Yeah. See. Well, saying just that's why if you guys hadn't signed up for this, you're gonna want to be there. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <clears throat> All right. Good oh, enough. I got, I got, I got to, oh, I got, I got to say something about Chicago. Uh oh. Like, like, like I said, RJ is doing this for the people of, you know, in, in his area. Yeah. Um, but he's also trying to make it kind of exclusive. So it sounds, you know, the the, the, the full clinic is the same. It's a different day and, and everything everything else. So the, 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 the clinic is on Wednesday the 22nd. Um, but the, the uh, exhibition is on the on Tuesday the 21st. And he's really making it an exclusive thing. He's selling VIP seats. Um, I can't remember how much he's charging for and And that includes dinner with uh, Johnny and Darren 
and I think it's limited to 12 people that, uh, to, to be there at that, and I think it's $20 uh, general admission. Uh, okay. But uh, but he's only selling so many general admissions as well. He's not he's not saying come everybody come in. He's you know let's get 150 people in at twenty dollars a pop. I think he's, I think he might be like twenty people general admission, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. So if you're anywhere around the Pyramid Club or you know R.J. Wilkinson, uh, get a hold of them. Or if you want to get a hold of me, Cantrillmark at yahoo.com. You can look me up on Facebook. Um, fairly easy to find. Again, touch with me and I'll help you out. Yeah. Okay. Sure enough. Sure enough. There's my infomercial. I appreciate it and I'm surprised that I, I came up with as much to say. <laughs> No, that's funny. It's a, it's gonna be fun. I, I can't, like I said, I can't wait. You guys, got, if you're, if you're anywhere near one of the locations where they're gonna do this, you should try to get out and see it because it's gonna be a blast. All right, Mark, let's get out of here before we put anybody else to sleep. Uh, stick okay. around, everybody, for um, more fun right after your one-minute pool instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. This is Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So this week, Randy, I'd like to kind of delve into the origins of the SPF process. Uh, When it started, uh, what's the meaning of those three words, uh, set, pause, finish, and how how widespread is SPF? It's actually SPFFF, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's set, pause, finish, and freeze. Well, in the early 60s and 70s, I was always challenged by helping somebody fix their stroke. I, I thought I was a good instructor, but I, I don't know how good of an instructor I was. So in 1980s, I met another gentleman, Leslie Rogers, and we put together um, the acronym SPFNF. The acronym SPFNF is nothing more than the three major movements of your cue, or the non-movements of your cue. Mm-hmm, the stops. Where do you start, what happens in the middle, and where do you finish, and then to freeze to evaluate. So we put that together in the 80s and uh, started teaching off the foundation of SPF and F. So all, all SPF is are diagnostic tools sure. to evaluate anybody's stroke. And we evaluated in the three different areas, the three critical areas, uh, uh, the movement of your stroke. Um, since then, it's, it's really um, probably come full bore. We were the only school teaching it in 1982, 83, 84. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we've got a lot of it. So, so the, the meaning of SPF is nothing more than it's a diagnostic tool to help your stroke. Well, it's and you certainly... could call it apples, peaches, and onions. You could. You could. Uh, we could call it stop, 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 or pause, pause, well, pause. You want to know something, Scott? But then you got to know which is which. In the beginning, we did. We called it stop at the cue ball, stop in the backstroke, stop when you're done. Mm-hmm. Well, that was too confusing. <laughs> so it, it turned out to be more like a golf set, transfer, finish. Right. 
And that's and again that's that's uh, so important uh, that we understand the dynamic of how to swing the pool cue because you can swing the pool cue a lot of ways but there are a couple of ways that are a whole lot easier, more accurate, more repeatable. Well, one of the things that people uh, ask me all the time is there are so many different strokes. How, how can you teach so many? <laughs> well, the answer is there's probably only two strokes. What most people are looking at are styles, yes. the different warm-ups, the sideway movement, the mm -hmm. up and down movement. That's a, that's a person's style. Sure. A stroke is that linear movement forward, the accelerating movement forward to the cue ball. Yeah. We're, that's what we're all after. And there's only two ways to do it, either a really good way or a really bad way. And, so, and you can uh, do it any way you want to, but you still have to somehow finish your, finish your swing. Well, and, and SPF isn't all physical either. It's, no. It's certainly the mental part, too. Well, even people who think they don't stop their cue on the backswing do. Well, of course, you have to. You have to. But, but you know, we don't care about how long. No, that's not as long as it's a smooth change of direction. Yeah, that transition is more important than anything. And keep that cradle relaxed on the cue. That's the, everybody's loose on the backswing. It's, it's turning uh, the other direction and accelerating forward where everybody grabs the cue. Right. So, so in the early 80s, we coined it SPF in our pool school then known as Q-Tech. Uh, and we had four master instructors at one time teaching out of the same school. Mm -hmm. um, now we've got about ten master instructors teaching SPF out there. Well, I think there's more than that, but but I can't put a, a, a complete number to it. Oh, well, I'm talking about masters. Yeah, masters. There's oh, the, yeah, yeah. There's oh, oh, the, the, maybe almost 200 SPF instructors across yeah, the country and, and around the world. 220, I think, PBIA instructors. Mm -hmm. So what is that? About 20 that don't teach SPF. And, yeah. and uh, Merrick, we just got a new one, I believe, in uh, Germany. Yes, um, Ingo Peter. Ingo Peter, right. So uh, hopefully uh, I've sent him all the SPF information, but he certainly needs hands-on sooner or later. And he's been doing a great job over there working with people both hands-on, one-on-one, and he's also doing some coaching, some, uh, coaching and yeah. some having people send him uh, playing DVDs and, and analyzing it on, on the basis of that, too. So he's helping people in other countries in Europe that actually have a hard time getting to him in Germany. Hopefully my uh, trip to China will, will also bring SPF, uh, that, that style teaching. Sure. Uh, instead of teaching at the table, uh, this is the shot you shoot, this is the spin you put on. Mm -hmm. Let's teach the body first and then the game second. Absolutely. It's so important. So, and again, there's so many ways to do something, but there are a couple of ways that are correct. much more yeah. accurate and repeatable. Yeah, and, and not everything is correct for everybody. And, right. But we, we certainly, uh, we don't care your style. We care about what do you do during your stroke. Yeah, sure. How do you lead up to it, and how do you finish it out? And, and then that keeps your mental game as, as strong as your physical game. So. Well, I think that's probably the downfall of most pool players is that we all have a library of knowledge in our heads just from playing for years, but very few of us can actually execute on demand, under pressure in one try. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we, it happens. We call that dead stroke. Dead stroke. And right. then other times we hit it right in the rail. Called choke. Yeah, uh -huh. sure. And, exactly. And it's usually a mental choke. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that we teach in our expert class is choke syndromes. Yes, we do. So SPF is, is nothing more than diagnostic tools so a, a student and an instructor can have the same language. 
So set, pause, finish, and freeze. freeze yeah. how, how long do you freeze for? Well, long enough to know what happened. Uh, ion of a second. There you go. Uh, I mean, it, it, there there is no set time frame. I mean, it could be uh, a, a half a second. It could be two seconds. Sure, it could it be ten seconds. And if there's Who nothing knows? coming back at you, or, right. or yeah, it could be a couple of seconds. But the freeze is where we actually can tell how well we did what we did. Well, in golf, it's called the pose. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the golfer's posing for the camera. Right. And bowling, your thumb is up to 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Yeah, you know, it's interesting talking about bowling. I just saw a bowling match on the Pro Bowling Tour uh, a couple of days ago, and that is not the, the standard now. The thumb in the air is not the standard. What is now it's more oh, the, a, a spin it, the ball yeah, with your sure hand. Do. They sure do. Uh, so again, there's something that 20 years ago, they had one style that was typical. Is everybody pros. using that style? That's what the announcer was saying. Okay. Is that more people had gone to that now. Yeah. The, and you know why? It was the changes in, in a, equipment. Oh, yeah, the grease on the lanes. The spin move still has a finished position. It sure does. It's just probably now your thumb is at uh, 9 o'clock rather than 1 o'clock. Well, and we all have to finish our swing one way or another. Yeah. And, and it should be to the target. And it's our job to help our students find where that finish is. All right. All right. So what do you want to talk about next week? You know, in, in July, um, there's the Atlantic Cup coming up. Ooh. Let's talk about that. I don't know much about it yet, but let's... In let's interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. For the One Minute Pool Instructor, I'm Scott Lee. I'm Randy G. We'll see you next week. Alright everybody, welcome back. I am talking to the um, world famous <laughs> I'm talking to the world famous pool star from uh, from Minneapolis from the Minneapolis area, uh, April Larson. How you doing, April? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good. I was trying to hype you up a little bit there. <laughs> Is that alright? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have to make your T shirts worth something, you know. This is this is a good thing. So, how's your year going so far? Uh, you got any good wins in yet? Uh, it's going really good. I have um, a couple high finishes this year, but okay. um, other than small junior tournaments, I haven't won anything huge yet. Mm, okay, well that's all right. You got you know, there's lots of time left in the year. Then there will be lots mm -hmm. of pool to be played. That's for sure. Uh, as a matter of fact. Um, I understand you're going to be headed to the Junior Nationals again this year. Yep. <laughs> Miss uh, multi-time title holder over here. <laughs> you know, it, you're going to start scaring the kids. You know, they're going <laughs> to. They won't. They won't want. I highly doubt that. Yeah, they won't want to go. They're like April going to be there. Oh man, I don't want to go now. She's gonna. She's gonna take all the money. Well, good. Good luck. I mean, uh, uh, that'll be good. Is that right before or right after the Atlantic Challenge Cup? Um, I think it's right after the Atlantic Challenge. Yeah, Cup. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so one's gonna be a good warm up for the other. Hopefully, you know, if uh, you end mm -hmm. up on the on the final team, which brings up, um, you know, another good thing about April Larson is she was the MVP last year on the inaugural. Atlantic Challenge Cup team and has been selected once again for the uh, preliminary 10. 
So you have a you're in the running. So uh, mm-hmm. that you know that's good. I hope you have. Hopefully your your ultra gold MVP status will help get you in there again this year. Hopefully, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, what do you look forward to the most about it? I mean, let's just say you make it on the team. What's what's your favorite thing about that event? Um, honestly, I just love the pressure it puts on you because it's, it's different than any kind of pressure I can explain. Yeah, and, yeah. um, they, you know, Johnny Archer and Jeanette Lee tried to like prep us last year before we went in yeah. for what to expect. And, you know, you can prep <clears throat> all you want, but it's like, you don't really understand truly how it's going to be until you're like lagging for the first match and, you know, you start getting all nervous and everything yeah, and it just yeah. starts hitting that you're actually doing this so yeah yeah that must have been uh, a fantastic experience not only because it was the first atlantic challenge cup but the fact that it was being held in austria and you're in you know a completely foreign land and foreign places and all that must have been you know like uh what do you call it uh sensory overload so to speak you know Definitely. Yeah, well, that's kind of the idea, uh, you know, behind the big competition like that, I think, is to uh, highlight the the pressure, you know, to put you in a high-pressure uh, pressure, pressure situation against the best in the world, you know. Um, what, mm-hmm. um, if you had to speak to your, your strengths and weaknesses, what do you feel like you do best, and what do you feel like you... Uh, what scares the bejesus out of you, you know? Yeah, um, so what I think I do best is, um, I feel like I'm a pretty good shot maker, mm-hmm. but, um, you can't win everything off of just making shots. Sure. So my, like, weak point is probably my safety mental game. Mm-hmm. I'm really starting to work on it, though, so sure. hopefully that improves a little bit. Right on, right on. What do you feel like is, um, I, I mean, you know, I don't get the opportunity, and I'm sure that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to study the moves of the Euro juniors over there. But but from what you understand about them thus far, what do you think their biggest strength is and their biggest weakness is? Um, their biggest strength, I think, is their mental game, which is kind of sucky for me because they play to my <laughs> weakness, you know, which is my mental game. But um, I don't know. They're so strong in really every aspect. I mean, they train so hard and they, you know, in my mind, I see Europeans as just being like, not robots, but just like stone-faced, you can't break them, right. you know, like, very serious, so yeah, very serious, very, very serious, yes, yes, very, yes. and in, just so intense. strong that way, yeah, that yeah. It's, it's hard to find a weakness, because they don't show anything, you know, yeah. right, right, and I think that's part of it, I think it's about the showing of it, you know, Americans, and this is a very stereotypical, generalized statement, I'm not trying to put us all in the same basket, but Americans like right. to, uh, you know, try to have a smile on your face, try to relax, get up there and do your best without going into it like, you know, this militant 
I must win type of thing, you know? So I don't know, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, and then again, I don't want to make them sound like a bunch of insensitive robots either, because I know they're just kids like everybody else and they want to, they're just putting their game face on, you know, so you guys are going to have to do the same thing, I suppose. Put your game face on, get out Definitely. there. How do you feel about uh, the rest of your team members? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. I'm not trying to tell you to rat on anybody, but uh, how do you feel about right. how the rest of your uh, compadre is so far? Um, I love the rest of the team. I mean, Chris Robinson is like almost a brother to me. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we're mm -hmm. real close already. So that'll help a lot. And then, um, you know, Ricky's Nick Evans' brother. So yeah. he's got his older brother to teach him the ropes and everything. Sure. And, um, you know, Shane and uh, everybody else, they just, I mean, I don't know really many other people you know sure. but they uh i i got to know them over the camp so right right over the camp they seem like the best people ever and um sierra's like a sister to me so she is freaking incredible and serena's the sweetest girl ever and emily's very talented and very sweet too so i don't see an issue with whoever they pick for their starting team Right, right. Well, that's good. That's good that you guys are all, that you all feel like you're on the same team. You know, it's uh, sometimes the older guys, they get a little bent out of shape worrying about themselves more, you know, more so than the rest of the guys on the team. So it's good that you guys are all friends first. That makes it, that helps. They, uh, you know, yes, definitely. Helps everybody work on the same goals together. You know, that, I mean, that keeps you like-minded. I guess maybe that's what I was trying to get at. Um, I, mm -hmm. we're going to be talking to Chris Robinson, I think a little bit later on the show, if, uh, if the stars aligned, right. Um, we're going to try to give him some gruff too. If you had some, uh, <laughs> if you had some advice for the, now this, you know, not to make you out to be the old timer, the old veteran or anything, but it just, you've, you've made this trip through the process one time, once, one time before, what would you tell anybody that's going to be new to the team this year what would be your advice to them for Honestly, this for this like, event you know what i mean specifically for this event right um honestly just i mean what kind of happened to me was i just got so like involved in the process since it was so new and everything and um i don't know i just the best advice i could give them is just have fun with it like if you lose, you lose. You have a whole team backing you up. So don't just right. go in thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I have to win. Otherwise, I'm going to let my team down. Like, that's not <laughs> how you should go into it. You should go into it like, oh, my gosh, I'm playing for America against Europe, you know, and I'm going to give it all I got. And if it's not good enough to win this specific match, it's going to be good enough for the next match. You know what I mean? Right, 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 exactly. You can't get hung up. I mean, you want to make every dang ball, but you can't get hung up on mm -hmm. every single ball every single time because you'll, like you were talking about the mental game earlier, you know, you'll get yourself wound up, stressed out, Unnec Definitely. you know, unnecessarily, really, is what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's good. That's sound advice. I think uh, that would help anybody in that particular situation. Outstanding. Are you going to go to the, uh, is it the BCA trade show that's going on at the same time? 
Um, I believe so. The last couple years, you know, BEF has kind of um, been going on during, you know, like you said, the same time. So, yeah, yeah I'd love to just um, maybe make it to a few booths, like my sponsor, my sponsor booths and everything. Right. I mean, they do more than <laughs> enough for me, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's always good to 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 let uh, you know let your sponsors know that you appreciate them and give them the exposure that they would like you know to have happen. So that's always good to to pay mm-hmm. it back that kind of thing. Well, cool. I mean, it sounds like a blast. It sounds like you also got your work cut out for you. You know, the European team, as you guys saw last year, uh, is firm. They've got great players over there, but. You know what? Mm-hmm. There's no reason in the world why you guys can't, you know, deal with that. You have the talent to exactly. do it. So it's just about getting your head in the game. How was the experience with Jeanette and Johnny? I mean, Johnny's a hoot, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we had so many car rides where we just, like, I mean, my stomach hurt every time either going or coming to the pool hall. I mean, oh, yeah, he those just, two, man. And, oh. Between the two of them, I mean, Jeanette is is a firecracker as it is, but you know, you you get Johnny on top of that, and it's just like, wow, these guys, man. But that's great, though. You yeah. know, that's high energy, and they both <clears throat> they 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 certainly want to take it serious, but they make it fun too. You know what I mean? It's not all about come over here and give me fifty push-ups or something. You know? Yeah. That's good. So, I mean, you guys learned a lot, or, you know, did it make you want to do it again? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this year we had Johnny, Jeanette, Allison, and Nick. Oh, that's so, right. That's right. Allison was there, too, and Nick was there. Cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, we, um, basically what they did was I told them, you know, I go, because they asked for everybody's weaknesses and strengths and everything, uh-huh. and, like, whoever... Um, or whatever was like the highest amount that needed work on, if that makes sense. Like everybody needed a little bit of help on their mental game, I think. So, you know, we worked on some safeties. So like now I know some easy safeties to set up and shoot over and over again to get that down. Right. Right. Um, I definitely think cause they pressured, like not pressured us, um, they pushed us to always lock it on the ball, like on a safety, rather than just leaving it like a centimeter off. Like, if you didn't lock it, it wasn't good enough, you know. Sure. So that definitely pushed me a lot harder than I'm used to being pushed, which is a good thing. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's excellent. I, I can't think of uh, of a more... Uh, experienced team. I mean, I, I guess you could, but that'd be you'd be hard pressed to find uh, a, a group of four players with collectively as much experience as those four guys have. So that's just an outstanding thing that they did for you guys, and I hope that they can keep up that training session with you guys. That's great stuff. That's really really good stuff. So thanks to them for doing that if they're listening thanks to those guys for doing that yeah thank you <laughs> that's, that's absolutely awesome thank you so much absolutely and i'm hoping that uh it manifests itself with a big fat trophy that says atlantic challenge cup on it definitely that's what we want right there the big fat one okay 
Well, thanks, April. I appreciate it. Uh, we don't want to. I guess we don't want to put anybody to sleep. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get on the phone and get Chris Robinson on the phone and see if we can't harass him a little bit too. All right. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks a lot for everything, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a great weekend, April. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I am talking to Mr. Chris Robinson out on the West Coast in California. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing pretty well. How about you, David? Uh, not bad, not bad. It's uh, it's finally spring in in Chicago, so uh, we get to come out of our caves and put the parka away, and you know, actually act <laughs> yeah, <it sounds> nice. <laughs> act like regular yeah, I, humans. <laughs> in Ventura, out here in California, we don't really get to pull out our parkas much. Uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking, you know, it wasn't there wasn't much snowboarding going on in Ventura. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, how's your year going for you so far? My year's going pretty well. Uh, I actually just got back from the Black Widow Foundation training camp. Yeah. In uh, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. That was hosted by Jeanette Lee, and that was awesome. Yeah. I got to meet a lot of new people, do a lot of things, uh, team bonding with the uh, Atlantic Cup. Teammates of mine. Yeah. Heck yeah. April yeah. said it was a blast. Yeah, honestly, it was probably one of the best times of my life. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I, I saw a couple of pictures you know, on Facebook and whatnot. It looked like you guys were having a blast. I was telling uh, uh, I was telling April, you know, that just the fact that you guys had Allison and Johnny and Jeanette and Nick and Earl, all those guys together. Uh, you know, cumulatively have a ginormous amount of experience behind them. So that was fantastic for them to come out and uh, and hang out with you guys and, and, and get some teaching in. That was awesome. That was crazy. I, it was it was pretty awesome to go up to Johnny and just, you know, ask him about not only playing-wise, but just mentally where you should be at. Um, you know, because he's been – he's played in probably the most Moscone Cup um, – yeah. Tournaments or uh, matches ever. Probably, yeah. More yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, no, and that's valuable experience. No, that's awesome. Plus, Johnny's fun, you know. Johnny, Jeanette, both are just a riot. So, you know, it's a, that's just... Yeah, they're great people. They're great people. They really are. And that's awesome that they were willing to help you guys. So, um, you're on the preliminary 10 to get on to the Atlantic Challenge Cup this year. Um, this is only the second year, so uh, you didn't get to go to Austria. Man, I don't know if I would have wanted to go. That would have been scary as hell, but uh, you might get a shot at it this year, man. What do you? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I mean, last year I didn't... Uh, this, this past year, Nationals is the one I won, and that was the only one that I've done really well in. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they basically went off Nationals and... Uh, Sure. I, I kind of got overlooked last year. Yeah. But um, I kind of used that as fuel to step up my game, and I won nationals, and now I have a. I think I have a pretty good chance of ending up on the final team. 
Yeah, yeah. And if you do, what do you feel like you have to bring to the team? What What do you have to offer? I think I have, well, I play a lot of tournaments and uh, matches, and uh, I'm just playing a lot. And I put myself in those tough pressure situations, so sure. when I do get to those situations, it's not out of the ordinary. Right, right. And uh, I think I'm pretty, I, I'm, I believe that I'm pretty good at keeping cool under the pressure, which I think is important. Okay, so you're good at handling the pressure. What do you think that your uh, weakness might be, or do you have a weakness, or is Chris Robinson invincible? <laughs> I'm a little short, but I don't know about... Uh... <laughs> you're a little short? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I've, I've really been putting in uh, time to kind of go through the stuff that Maybe I'm more, is it my strong suit, and uh, I think uh, if I do get picked, I will be in dead punch by July. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good. Well, I mean, we should hope so, you know what I mean? That's, uh, if you're getting ready for that, then by golly, you better be ready, you know, because that's, uh, that's a whole new experience, man. You know, that's uh, playing on the uh, against international players, playing for your country, that's a lot of pressure, and I, you know, I hope you uh, can take the pressure as well as you say. I hope that all the kids can take the pressure. You know, it's um, it's something, and I'm not saying this because I'm sort of a world beater and have got titles under my belt. I'm saying that the difference between your average great player and a world champion is dealing with that pressure. That is the difference. So that's the one thing you know that you'll all have to overcome is getting out of your own head, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, Johnny said a very, very uh, true statement. He was saying that the reason why he's better than someone that can play just as well as him is because he embraces the pressure. He doesn't, he doesn't try to avoid it. He embraces it and knows, it, knows, it's there, knows that it's there. Right, right. Yeah, and he uses that to. He doesn't try to hide the fact that he, that he, there, there's pressure. He knows that everyone knows that there's pressure on every shot and everything, mm-hmm. but he just embraces it, so it takes some weight off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- and that's a great attitude to have. It's all about your attitude, really. It's all about your perception, what you think is going on. It, there doesn't have to be anybody else in the room. Yeah. There you go. Somebody was in a hurry, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there doesn't have yeah. to be anybody else in the room. There, uh, you know, it's just you and the table and the balls. It's you. It's you versus the table. You know, the the, the pressure doesn't have to be there. So, but it is. <laughs> but it is. You can't make it go away. Uh, if you, um, let's see. What else can I ask you? What What else do you do besides pool? Uh, lately, I've been focusing on school. You know, trying to graduate because I'm I'm gonna graduate here in the next few weeks. Yeah. So once I once I get done with focusing on school, then I could basically devote myself this next few months to just really put in time and uh, mm-hmm. improve my game. Yeah. Right. You, well, that's true. And because you're supposed to be focusing on school now, I mean, that's. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm doing I, I'm doing a really really good job of balancing it, but I think that. Life will be a little better once I graduate high school and have summer off 
you know. Get some some practice time in. Do you have an idea of what you would like to do uh, as far as a career? I could have, do you have a college path chosen already at this point? Yeah, I, uh, most likely I'm going to attend Lindenwood in the in the in August. Okay, excellent. And I'm going there for accounting and business management. Very good. Very good. Very good. And. I'm going to go out there for a year and see, you know, if I like it a lot. I'll stay out there. If I want to come back, I'll come back. <laughs> hey, it's not too bad, you know. that It's um, it's the Midwest, so, you know, I came from near the coast myself. So the landlocked, the landlocked issue in the middle of the Midwest kind of bothered me a little bit for a little while. But uh, it, at least in St. Louis, though, it's not as bad as it is in, like, say, Chicago or Minneapolis or something where you get the big giant snowstorms and, you know, it's a little bit milder. So it's not it's not too crazy. I think it's yeah, a- I think it'll be kind of crazy for me either way because where I'm from, is we don't even get, like, two inches of rain a year. Right, yeah, it's almost a desert at that point. I mean, <laughs> it's about, I think this past week, it's been about 72 degrees for the past week or month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's funny. Like that. Hey, the good news is they don't have very many earthquakes or forest fires in St. Louis. <laughs> there are a few earthquakes, believe it or not, but uh, nothing. That's true. Yeah, no, nothing. And water over there. Yeah, there really is. Um, they have a surprisingly large number of earthquakes for being in the middle of the of the United States, but it's nothing like it is out there. You know, there's not skyscrapers and cliffs and and rocks and stuff like that. So it's not too bad. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah. Is, do you have any sponsors or friends or family you would like to give a shout-out to? Any of that kind of good stuff? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I'd like to shout-out to Jab Industries. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Jay Beatty. He's okay. helped me a lot throughout my pool career, and he's just a really good friend. Awesome. And there's uh, Mev Q's. They're my new Q sponsor. Very good. On, on the Wire Productions. On the wire. That's right. We like on the wire. Yeah. Yeah, Rob, Bo, Chris, they're all good guys. Yeah, they are. And my friends and family for supporting me, especially my mom and dad. They're great. Love them. And they did they didn't disown you for falling in love with pool. <laughs> they what? And they didn't disown you for falling in love with pool. That's what's the best part about it, you know? I know, I got lucky. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, man. I uh, I want to wish you the best of luck at your run for the Atlantic Challenge Cup team, Team USA there. I hope you make it, and I hope that you guys can uh, bring that big fat trophy, or hell, keep it here. That's what we need to do. Keep the trophy here. Oh, yeah. I'm I, I, I'm. I'm pumped for it already. Awesome. Awesome. Even if even if I don't make it, I'm <coughs> I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be screaming. All right, <laughs> that's that's what I want to hear. I like that. Awesome. Uh, All right, Chris. Thank you. Yep. You're very welcome, sir. And we will be talking to you again, sir. I'm I'm pretty sure of it. Awesome. Thank you. Have yourself a great weekend.
everybody. I'd like to welcome you to Pool on the Grind here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm your host, Allison Fisher, and for those of you who've been following along in recent podcasts, we've taken a bit of a hiatus from the show, and um, for those of you who've uh, heard the show in, in the past, you may know me as the former editor of NYCGrind.com, and I'm really excited to introduce and welcome back to the show my good friend and founder of NYC Grind, creative director, Jerry Tarantola. Welcome to the show, JT. Hey, Allison. Hey, F. How's it going? Things are going pretty good. I'm really excited to bring you back to the show. And we've, um, we've got a lot to talk about in this episode, especially since... We haven't haven't really gotten a chance to catch up with all of our listeners here, and we've taken a taken a bit of a break. But now we're excited to share some of our new upcoming projects with everybody there. And I want to start out first by um, talking about what's on a lot of pool fan and pool players' minds around the world, and especially here in the U.S. Um, recent passing of Barry Berman, the founder of the U.S. Open. I know that our friends Pat Fleming and David Bond spoke last week about it. Talk about JT uh, Barry's influence on both pool and and you personally. I know you were good friends with Barry. Yeah, um, I'm really blown away, Allison. You know, I really am. Having like I've posted a few things on Facebook like RIP and I've shared a few friends like you know photo galleries and things like that but I'm like really blown away I'm pretty speechless to be honest like that guy's a fighter he was a warrior you know he was like a an amazing wrestler and um, he had a certain competitive air about him that he just would never quit and he always thought big and that's one of the reasons I really liked Barry and I actually looked to him like uh um. A mentor in a way, because he was this like grandiose promoter, and he really cared about the game. And and when I went to the U.S. Open for the first time, I think it was in 2005. Like and I've been playing pool since I was 12, 92, 30. I'm 36 now. Um, but you know, I never really went out to the U.S. Open. I was a New York player. I really stayed. You know, I, you know, I stayed around the New York area. I didn't really want to go to Virginia, and, and you know, I didn't feel I was ready for it. So, but when I got a chance to actually go to the U.S. Open, I was blown away. I was blown away by how Barry brought a certain sense of um, prestige, and uh, you know, wanted to remember the players, the great players that did great things, and you know, he would bring out and honor you know the the people that came before him. You know, the people. Who like you know Mike Siegel won the first event I believe in in his pool room, uh, when like a, like like a turkey sandwich was like two dollars or something like that you know, and you know that and you know the field was like sixty four players and it grew to two hundred and fifty six players, you know over thirty countries at one point I know it dropped down over the last few years but I mean what he was able to do, and the green jacket bringing people out helping people feel like like they're a real athlete, uh, like the game meant something like there was a history to the game that changed everything for me. And um, and that helped me want to help promote and cover the sport of pool, to, to be honest, because I didn't see any other pro event in the U.S. like it up until that point. And, uh, you know, after 2005, I was heavily focused on the pro landscape. And, um, 
you know, seeing, you know, the opportunities and ultimately, you know, my role evolved into covering the sport of pool and I worked with Barry to help promote and cover the tournament and all ultimately all the great players who came out to play in it for the fans. And I, and I know that Barry uh, was all about the fans. That's one thing no one could uh, argue with. Uh, he really, really cared about his fans and, and he wanted to make sure every fan had a great seat with a great view of you know, being able to catch everything that was going on. And that was very important to him. And even with me and you, when we were there, he wanted to make sure that we weren't blocking anyone's way. You know, and I appreciated that. And, of course, I respected that. And I also didn't want to do that. So we, I worked with Barry closely to be able to make sure that the fans had a great experience. And that's what I think Barry's legacy really ultimately. It's not about the U.S. Open, the founder of the U.S. Open, but Barry Berman, who was always about the fans and helped do whatever he could do to help promote the great players around the game and help keep the great memories and moments alive. So I just want to um, send a, a big heartfelt uh, con, you know, con, my condolences to Barry, Barry's whole family. You know, I know Barry's still like he's, he's. I mean, he he hasn't stopped. He's just he's evolved. You know, he's not he's not with us on this earth. But Barry is never gonna quit. He's gonna be watching over us. And I think we all have uh, we all have to step up in order to think big like Barry. And and hopefully that will be his legacy. So my condolences go out to Barry's family and uh, you know every pool player. I think we all have to now step up because we we've all had a big loss in the industry. Yeah, I think you bring up some really great points with Barry having really we're only just scratching the surface because how much he built up the sport for the players and for the fans in a really uh, in a way that had never been done since then. And, and now we've hit the 40-year mark for the U.S. Open and it's uh, such a beautiful thing to have all of like all of the efforts of the people behind the scenes and now Pat Fleming taking over the lead role in helping um, run the open and even you know last year Barry already knew that he wanted to be sort of minimizing his role or preparing to transition into retiring and having someone take over his his place but we were all just really stunned and very saddened because he had so much so much life and constant constant desire to do better and to keep improving every single year and I think for me it's it's truly inspired me in many ways and I'm grateful that we that we had him uh for for as long as we did and that he was able to really do um do a lot of innovation for the sport so on on that note, you know, we, for me, my starting year in 2008 working on nycgrind.com was that fall when we went to the U.S. Open. There was just, it was a tremendous experience. We saw Mika Eminen win the U.S. Open for the first time and then go on the following year to win it for the second straight year. It was just like a, a very exciting time. And we got to have um, over seven years of really tremendous experiences covering pool and sharing uh, sharing our passion with audiences around the world and, and seeing how much people have continued to uh, reach further and 
see what avenues they can um, Im- improve and get the word out for for the sport. So I really thank you, JT, for all that you've uh, all that you've done and the people that we've gotten to collaborate with over the years, and continuing to put forth great coverage of the Open was something we looked forward to every year so much. Yeah, definitely, no question. I mean, the U.S. Open, in my opinion, was the most prestigious. Uh, and continues to be mm-hmm. um, the most prestigious tournament in the United States. There's, there's no question. Um, it's not going to be the same, but it still continues to be the most prestigious event in the United States. You know, if you win the U.S. Open Nine Ball Championship, especially with as many players as they have, uh, and these fields that they keep pulling, it's just it just means it means everything. I mean, most people, most pool players, you know, they they have that goal. Like, I, I can't, I don't know one top pool player that doesn't have the goal of winning the U.S. Open who hasn't won one yet. I don't know one. To most people, it even means more to, to some world titles. It's like, it means so much, you know? Mm. Um, so I launched, like, we launched in 2007 on the floor of the U.S. Open, and I had an opportunity to watch Shane Van Boning win in, in his breakout year and follow that story, and that was amazing. And that changed me. And to be able to you know, really see what that professional tournament meant to these players, like it gave me hope because I'm like, of course this is a sport. Like, of course. Like, these are real athletes that are real. They, they're coming out here for, f- they don't have to play good one day. They have to play good for five days. You know, like in, the, in, in, in these difficult conditions, mm-hmm. playing world champions. Late into the night, oftentimes. Yeah, you know, uh, in, 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 you know, in an environment where it's not your home, you're in Virginia, and, you know, whether it's the Chesapeake, you know, uh, conference center or, or, you know, the, the different hotels he's had it in, whatever. But, like, the reality is you got to play good for five consecutive days. Mick Ammon, when he won, lost his first match, uh, you know, he won all those those matches, like whatever it was, yeah, 13, or 11, back. 13, yeah. whatever it was, some crazy, 13 matches in a row, whatever the number was, don't quote me. That's insane. To be able to win at a high class level, thirteen consecutive matches, so that no, he's just not an average pool player. He's a world class. He's an elite, and he should be paid like a, like an elite player. And and Barry was doing his best to create a tournament that brought this, these these the real number where you could be respectable, go home with a forty fifty thousand dollar check. You know what I mean? You know, and I I know that it's had some troubles, but Barry always strove for that and and wanted to increase it and was hoping to even eventually one day get it to like a hundred thousand for first. And, you know, I think we should all be – all the promoters out there right now, what I want to say is I had to pull back from the sport in June where I'm not going to be covering the U.S. Open this year. I'm most likely going to be there. I'm a good friend of Pat. I love Pat. I'll support Pat and the U.S. Open in any way I can. So I'll most likely be there. But I'm not going to be covering it. Alice and I pull back from coverage, ongoing coverage in, in June, and we haven't really mentioned much about it lately. But in June of, of last year um, – uh, we pull back from from our ongoing coverage, and we're no longer going to be, and that's, that remains. We're going to hold on that. We're no longer going to provide our coverage, and that's certainly not um, because of a lack of what any of our contributors like their effort. Is a no lack of effort from anyone part of the team. Just uh, a few factors, timing, and you know we weren't able to meet a certain criteria to push the sport into like the mainstream how we had planned. We had really big plans actually. Um, and since we weren't able to achieve things at a certain level, the reality was, you know, in order to c- 
continue without the proper support. Mm-hmm. It was just it was it was taking too much of a toll of like my quality of life and, and your quality of life and our contributors, you know, selflessly contributing. You know, I would like to get to a point where I want to do more. And unfortunately, I wasn't really able to. And I was like tired of struggling. So, I, and, you know, since then, I've pulled back. And I, you know, I've gained a little bit of perspective and I pull back from the pool world. Not my love, but like my, my you know, my profession. And uh, I started working for a television production company in, in, in New York City. And since I've come on board, I've worked on a total of 26 different shows, a combination of reality TV and documentary um, between development and uh, that's, in, that's on air, including some very popular shows. And I've learned a lot um, and I've gained a lot of insight. And, you know, I have a lot uh, planned in the future, but right now, uh, in the short term, um, I'd like to introduce you to someone who's a, who's, a, who's a good friend of mine, has been helping me out lately um, with a few creative projects that I'm working on. And uh, one project that I'm excited to announce for the first time is a web series that I'm going to be launching uh, with the help of my friend Carla Mera, who's going to be producing it as well, and, and she'll be an ongoing uh a voice and personality in the show. So I'd like to introduce you to Carla Mera. Um, Carla, welcome. Hello. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for joining us on the show. We've, as uh, as JT was mentioning, we have uh, an upcoming web series based here in New York City in Brooklyn at the prestigious Gotham City Billiards, which has been awarded the best pool hall in Brooklyn here in New York. So it's a real hot spot for competitive players in New York. And talk a little bit about your perspective on the room, how you see the the series coming together. Well, Allison, my background is also in reality documentary television. And so I've been in television for uh, quite some time now and I met Jerry at this television company that we work at and he kind of introduced me to pool you know I'm not really super into sports and I've never really played before but he introduced me and I've just been fascinated by it because I was I was stunned that a sport that takes talent and skill and luck is not as is not as mainstream as it should be. And it's it's pretty entertaining. I think it's entertaining than baseball and golf. It's um it's something that should be out there. So I easily jumped on board with uh with Jerry once he um presented me with this and I was like I'm I'm down. Uh, I'm excited to do this and I had um I had an approach that I wanted to take with this. Uh I don't know if we should give the approach away, but but basically we want the we want people whether they're whether they're into a pool or not to be interested in the person that we want them to care about the person behind the pool stick, I guess, in a sense, you know, we want to, we want people to, we want to give people a reason to care about them and, and want to like them, want to make them likable. So we, we have these characters that play out of Gotham and we kind of like watch them throughout each episode through their trials and tribulations. Um, and I think usually they go through a match and we see the outcome of that. But mostly it's their story and why they go to Gotham. And uh, without giving too much away, it's just going to be a lot of entertaining uh, stuff. Yeah, it's great. Thank you, Carla. Yeah, thank you, Carla. I, I think what's unique about this room is that the, the area of Brooklyn has 
a lot of unique heritage. It's very authentic, um, sort of old school Brooklyn. And as Jerry was just informing me this afternoon, there's also an interesting tie-in with a current upcoming film that is... Uh, I know the the character has um, the lead character has background in this region of Brooklyn and JT. Why don't you talk a little bit more about um, about the subject? Yeah, I'm really excited about this actually. Um, you know, and I'm going to transition from something I was. Uh, you know, I'm 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 still not over the Barry thing. Like that's really it's it's impacted me. You know, the the reality of it. But like you know, looking forward to the future. Right, like there's this movie coming out about a fighter, and he reminds me of Barry in a way. And like I'm looking at the poster right now in my hand, and you know the name of the movie is called Back in the Day. It's coming to a theater near you. It's going to be everywhere May 20th. So make sure you check it out. Right, and it says the real fight, the real fight was outside the ring. Right, and it's some big stars, and we met uh, the, you know the main character who's going to be. Um, He's portraying the role of a, 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 re a really amazing character. He's a boxer. His name is William DeMeo. And William's going to be uh, collaborating and performing with a lot of really big-name stars in this movie. So the name of the movie is Back in the Day, William DeMeo. And he's going to be working alongside Alec Baldwin, Michael Madsen, um, Mike Tyson, Shannon Doherty, Danny, Danny Glover. And I had an opportunity to meet um, uh, Chris Victor as well, who's, I believe, the referee. Um, and he's also a producer and actor, and he was an awesome guy. And, you know, basically, I had an opportunity to meet some of the people that are involved with this project, and I'm really excited. And the word on the street is uh, this is going to be, this is going to do to Brooklyn what uh, what Rocky did for Philly. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty big statement, but, you know, Mike Tyson's in this, um, Danny Glover, Alec Baldwin. I mean, William DeMeo's looking... I mean, he he drew a huge crowd. They had like a little, they had a little get together very close to Gotham, and uh, they had a little get together, like a good luck get together in support of William the Mayo, local Brooklyn actor. And let me tell you, it was about five thousand people there. You had people from different local like groups, like a car group came out to support, a bike group came to support, uh, the ice cream lady Maria came out, uh, local uh, food. It was amazing. And then William. Uh, was kind enough to take some time out and like come and visit Gotham, and uh, and William has um, a history with Gotham City Billiards, where he's actually shot a few movies in Gotham, and he has a friend, um, a longtime friend who no, unfortunately is no longer with us, uh, who was a boxer and grew up in that area, um, and he just has a strong connection to it. So we had an opportunity to capture some of those great memories and moments. Um, at Gotham, and we're going to include that in the first episode of this web series. Um, you know, and he's not uh, a, a, a star in it, but he's in it, and he's happy to support the project. And I would, uh, I would really let everyone know who doesn't know, make sure you uh, you save the date because May twentieth, back in the day, uh, you got to make sure that you're not seeing anything else on that night. So I just want to uh, give a quick shout out to William DeMeo. Thank you very much. And I'm excited about it. I mean, this web series, most likely it's going to be about eight episodes. And uh, we're going to launch it next week, a week from today, uh, seven days from now. It's going to be on Thursday. Thursday and right now, I believe it's going to be eight o'clock. Um, but I'm going to confirm that at a later time. I haven't promoted this anywhere 
So you're the first to hear it. You got an exclusive, of course, for Allison here and friends um, with uh, American Billiard Radio, and I'm excited about it. Well, we're really looking forward to see how the series is coming together, and it's going to be spotlighting the local top players, including house pro George Rodriguez, uh, like Breakout Junior, Phenom, Thomas Rice plays out of Gotham, and a number of other top amateur players, too, that will be able to bring in their storylines and help paint a picture for um, audiences online to connect with uh, connect with their story and their experience as, as players here in Brooklyn. So we will keep everybody up to date here on how things progress, and we're looking forward to, to seeing everything come together. Yeah, so, I yeah. I want to interject real quick before we... Um before we end, we're not just going to be focusing on the web series on top players. And yes, you're right. We're going to have great players, including uh, uh, Coca, who's out of there, um, and a few other ones that I have in mind. But the reality is this this web series isn't just really about following great players. Like, this is not about the great players. This is about, this is about like, like people who play out of Gotham, you know, and people who have... Um, like great stories to tell that are there and they're taking the game seriously that that are passionate about the mm-hmm. game and uh and and have a have, have a story around the game um and we can watch them uh see how they're able to either accomplish their goals or fall short of them and i like carla just to to t- you know just to be able to expand upon that a little further and mention whatever else you have to say right these are these people, they're real people that you and I can relate to. You know, their stories are the same stories that you and I have, whether it's, you know, whether you're having trouble at home or, you know, you came from a rough neighborhood. You know, it's not, you don't just have to play pool. You don't have to just play nine ball or, or anything. You know, you, you really relate to the person. These are real people from, like, the same neighborhood that you are possibly from, the New York area. And I think a lot of people are going to, really connect with them a lot of the audience is really going to connect with them just because they are likable and and yes some of them are professional um, pool players or almost professional pool players and that's going to give some reason to watch but there's also real people on there that um, that are probably going to steal steal the spotlight well thank you Carla for you know taking time to share more of the more of the excitement that we get to see on the show so we are going to be sharing more online on uh, on facebook social media so follow follow what we're doing um i'll be keeping up with them and you can follow me online on facebook allison fisher and i want to thank both carla and jerry for being here with me today any final thoughts you want to talk about jerry as we wrap up I just want to say that the whole, the whole point of uh, of this web series, the whole point of the web series is really to do this for the fans, so that the fans can have, uh, you know, fans of the game can have just an opportunity to to see pool from a different perspective. Because right now it seems like it's just it, it, there's not enough storylines, there's not enough reason to care. You know, too many people don't really know. Uh, you know the great players and aren't able to follow them um, so this is going to be an opportunity to, to get to know the players behind you know, a little bit more than just what, what they're able to do on the table 
Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, GT, for being here with us. And I want to thank all of our listeners here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm Allison Fisher. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. <laughs>